1: The playoffs have arrived and we're in the real playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets get set to play a best of seven series against the Philadelphia 76ers. And as we preview this and talk about our emotions going into this series, welcome Evan Roberts, Mike Peseglia. Obviously Mike does a great job with the bad weather fans podcast, but you got to admit this, bro. Mm -hmm. This is like psycho. We went from having no stars young players, but good vibes, and playing the Philadelphia 76ers in 2019 to having these massive superstars that fulfilled nothing. It Mm -hmm. blows up. We end up back with really any superstars, good young players, good vibes, and here we are as massive underdogs against the Philadelphia 76ers. Has anything really changed in the last four years?
0: Uh, I've gained 15 pounds. (laughs) But besides that, uh, a couple kids... Life is good. Yeah, but you're right. It's kind of crazy. It's a little deja vu with the similar kind of roster. But the biggest difference is, and Spencer he said this in a press game, a post-game press conference, which I loved, was, you know, they don't have much experience together, right? That's obvious. I don't have to explain right. to everybody that. But these guys have experience, unlike that 2019 team, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, NBA Finals. Spencer has now been... To multiple playoffs has gone to a Western Conference finals. Um, it's a team that's got Nick Claxon last year versus the Celtics. I think he'll really benefit from that experience in what we're about to see with Philly, especially going up against arguably the best player in the NBA and Joel Embiid. I think that is a bigger difference than that 2019 team where we're kind of like, Hey, we're all kids, this is fun, let's go shock the world. They don't have a lot of experience together. But I would say the team has a lot of playoff experience. Royce O'Neal, I meant, you know, Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry, Joe. It's kind of it's a weird dynamic where they haven't played a lot together, but they've certainly been in in big games apart.
1: Oh, dude, they're loaded with postseason experience when you really think about it, you know, outside of. You know, Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp, who I think may have some roles in this series, probably sharp more than Cam Thomas, if you think about it, just to throw some fouls at Joel Embiid. But they're loaded with playoff experience. And it's funny, there really aren't any similarities to 2019 other than maybe our emotions and maybe the way we feel about the team and maybe what our expectations are. Because when you look at this roster and you compare it to that roster it's very different. The things that make this team dangerous are very different than the things that made that team dangerous. So right. I think it's more just the weird world we lived in sure. for three years. And it took me a while. Cause I mentioned this right after the trades. And I think it was actually the last podcast we did. My apologies that it was going to take some time before we changed our expectations, before we went back into a mode of, okay, this isn't a championship contender because it's tough, to be a championship contender, have an 18-2 run, watch one of the best players in the world, and then all of a sudden on a dime say, okay, now we're just hopeful to have a feisty first-round series. But I think watching this team together, and we did get to watch them a lot, that's one great quality about this roster. (laughs) They played a lot. We we saw them. We saw more of this net team that we watched since the trade headline than the other one over the course of three years. So we've really gotten to see this team. And I think that's made it easier for me to accept, okay, this is not a championship team. I'm going to have to have different expectations going into this postseason.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think that's a wild stat that you could have this core group play more than KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. And I think that just sums up everything. And you could take multiple angles on that. The big three of the Nets didn't play, the consistency with this. You're telling me that this team that's played post deadline in 26 games was more than a team that was together a year and a half? The answer is yes. And it blows your mind. It says everything. Uh, and it's you know, crazy to recount that. But also, I feel like this, and this has annoyed me about net fans. I get the expectations have changed, and people have been like, Oh, if the Nets win one game or two games, you gotta feel good about that. But like realistically, if the Nets lose to the Sixers, I don't care if it's four, five, six, or seven. You're gonna be pissed off. Oh, dude! dude. It just that that bothers me. I'm like, your your expectations are to win the series. I'm sorry,
1: you're a a thousand percent right. Now, try to give you a Nets example from recent past where I was pissed. I was fuming. It was when we were the eight seed in 2015. Nets are the eight seed, barely make the playoffs. They're matched up against the number one seeded Atlanta Hawks, who. I don't think we viewed as a championship contender, but they were the one seed. You know, I mean, it's crazy sure. that we would look at a one seed and say they're not a championship contender, but I think we all knew the deal with that Atlanta team and that they were good, they were not that good. Um, We went into that series, you know, sub 500 team, whatever we were, the the last basically of that core roster that we threw together. Yeah. And we won two games in Brooklyn and it was 2-2 going back to Atlanta. At that point, what were we saying? Oh, we're just thrilled as an eight seed? Of course. We got it to 2-2? No. And when they lost game five and got run off the court in game six, I walked out of Barkley Center that day disgusted. How could you not? So once you're in the postseason, I don't care if you're at the bottom of the barrel like that team was. That's an eight seed. There couldn't be less expectations for that crappy roster. You're still looking to win. Like, I'm not looking here to just scare them and have some fun. You're looking to win, but... I also think that you have to be realistic. And realistically, we're not winning this series. Now, you could tell me I'm wrong, and I hope I am. I don't see how we're winning this series. I don't see how Joel Embiid is being slowed down. I don't see how Harden and Embiid aren't basically living at the line. I don't see. And here's the other thing I don't see I don't see Mikkel Bridges scoring 40 a game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't see that. So, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not going to just be, oh, that was fun. We lost in five. We lost in six. Bullshit, man. I want to win. Like, I'm with you on that. But I also just realistically don't think we're going to win. If am so if glad two that,
0: things make sense. I'm glad you brought up the Bridges point because that's what scares me. I think there's been a, a rise in expectations from Mikel because of how good he's been, right? Like, deadline happens. Mikel comes here. Oh, you know, he was playing well for Phoenix. Let's see what he can do here. And then all of a sudden, he becomes a guy that's... You know, putting up 30, 40-point games. And I think expectations have changed. And I think that putting on the mantle that he's going to do that is unrealistic. For the Nets to have a fighter's chance, it's got to be Dinwiddie distributing, Cam Johnson making jump shots, Dorian Finney-Smith shooting 40 to 45% from three-point shot, you know, you know, Nick Claxton somehow surviving in bead and getting him not to the line. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Tyrese Maxey not going crazy. Some guy James, named James Harden. But I, I think if there's this vision that Mikel Bridges is going to be like Durant in the playoffs, I think all of us are going to be um, really disappointed. And I don't know. I feel for him that, and he'll always say the right things, but I don't think that's realistic. I know he's got playoff experience and it was there with the Suns but not like 1A dude. Uh, I'm worried about how the Suns game plan him and other guys really need to step up.
1: Yeah, Mikel Bridges has a chance in this series to kind of elevate the way the league views him. Like, he played really well after the trade. We all love the guy. He's the number one option on this team, and and all the positive things we could say about the way he's played since the trade, his attitude and all that is, is fine. It's true, but... I think that if he goes out and has a couple of big performances, that's going to elevate the way he's viewed around the league. And that's great. And that's fantastic. But I don't think it's realistic to expect that he's going to average 40 a game. Like I know he had that three game stretch not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, when he dropped the 44 against Orlando, he scored 42 against Atlanta. They lost the Orlando game, by the way, Atlanta game, they won. But since then, since that last 40 point game, and this hasn't been mentioned that much, He's in a shooting slump. Like he did not end the season incredibly strong. You know, that Utah game that they almost blew, he did not shoot the basketball well. The Minnesota game that they blew, he did not shoot the basketball well. The Detroit game, which luckily they did win going away, he had an awful shooting night. He's had four consecutive bad shooting nights heading into the playoffs. Now my hope is the rest is going to be a big deal for him. He did not Mm. play in that final game against Philly, even though he technically did play, played the four seconds, which was a joke. Don't get me started about that. So he's had a week off, and I'm hopeful that he tired down at the end of the season. The guy plays every game. The guy plays 36 minutes a night. So I'm hopeful that that shooting slump has a lot more to do with the fact that he was tired. But let's not ignore the fact that he was not shooting the basketball well his last four games heading into the postseason.
0: No, he missed shots. And that was his eighty-third game of the year. So even though I'm I'm with you, like that it counts, but he didn't play. Right. The guy hasn't missed a game, you know, in five years, whatever. He's been unbelievable in that department. Uh I'm with you. I hope he does feel that rest has given him a little out of his life and he's there. To me, I think for this net sixer series, beyond Nick Claxton having an impact against Embiid, which I, I love. Nick Claxon's attitude because he is not scared of him, even though he, he knows and beats brilliant, but he doesn't give a shit and isn't scared. To me, I just think so much control for Spencer Dinwiddie because he's such a. I looked okay that Nick game where the, the Nets played the Knicks at the garden and Dinwiddie was like, I got no teammates, I got to shoot the ball every time and was like a disaster. To so then, whatever clicked for him uh in the last month where he's like i'll lead the league in assists right i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen with spencer in playoffs if he goes like i gotta control the ball but to me if he can dictate that kind of offensive um assist making and decision making i think we'll go so far for this team
1: well because i think the way the nets are going to make this a long series. And dare I say, win this series is they're going to have to shoot the lights out. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, and it's weird because with this core of guys, I feel like more times than not, they haven't shot the basketball that well from three. that more games than not. We're frustrated by the way they're shooting from three. But when you look at who's on this roster, when you see Joe Harris and you see Seth Curry and you see Royce O'Neal, and you see Mikkel Bridges and Cam Johnson, like, they can shoot from three. Dinwiddie was having a good year shooting from three till he came here. Like, that's one part of his game that went completely backwards. Now, he has been playmaker galore, like you mentioned. He's averaging like nine assists a game, uh, certainly a hell of a lot more over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not minimizing what he's done, but he hasn't shot the basketball that well as a Brooklyn net. And it feels like they haven't shot the three as well as they can and as well as they need to if they're going to win a few games in this series and shock the world. like They're going to have to shoot the lights out, and there's two ways that they should be set up. Number one, Dinwiddie getting to the basket whenever he wants and kicking out to open teammates. And then number two, and this is going to be the key, All those wing defenders, defend your ass off. Get in transition and lead to open threes. And if they could shoot the lights out, to me, that's more of the formula than thinking Mikkel Bridges is Kevin Durant.
0: Exactly. So true. And there was a um, Chris Carino tweet. I'm not sure if you saw, but he put out like this one play that the Nets had versus the Sixers in what was their third game of the year. You know, the first two different rosters, the fourth one, don't even count. But that third game where the Nets had the full roster, the Sixers had that full roster. There's a defensive scheme where the Nets are switching around. Nick Claxton steals the ball, gets it down the court, leads to a dunk. That's the Nets that are going to win this game. Uh, To Dinwiddie's three-point shooting, I didn't watch every Dallas Maverick game, and I'd be lying if I said I did, but I'd assume that Luka Doncic had the ball a lot more, and it created open shots for Dinwiddie. So I don't think, based on the way this Nets team is, where he's ball-dominant, to me i don't see that can he make clutch threes i hope so but it's different for him because he's ball handling and doesn't have those opportunities that he does that Luca was there so i think that subsides but that ball you know moving the ball getting it around and and you're so right which is so wild is this nets team and, and jock has said it we want guys to shoot three pointers i want them to take 40 to 50 threes i i can't tell you how many half times i've watched where Megan Triplett talked to um Royal Ivy, and he's like, yeah, we were eight for 21 for three, but we got to keep it up. We got to hit that mark. Like, this team is all about taking those three-point shots, and they are going to live. They are going to die with it. Yes. And that that that's just the reality of it. They got to make shots. And, and that's how I
1: can rationalize how they're taking a game or two. You know, a couple of games where they right. shoot the lights out. A couple right. of games where... They can't miss a couple of games where, because you got, you know, it's funny. Joe Harris to me is hilarious. Nobody thinks Joe Harris had a good year this year. Like most of the year, mm. it felt like Joe Harris was unplayable. He shot 42% from three this year. Right. <laughs> so you look at the final numbers and you say, well, the, the the thing in his game that's most valuable is hitting threes. That's what makes Joe Harris, Joe Harris. And when you look at the final numbers, Guy went out and made 42% of his threes this season.
0: Yeah. That, you know, it's just his athleticism, athleticism sunk a little bit. And I 100%. think he had he his had defense too. A, he had such a bad start to the season, but Joe came on strong. There's two games where he was um, brilliant from three in the first and second quarter, and he l- helped lead the Nets. Weirdly, I think Joe Harris relaxed once KD and Kyrie left. And he went back to just having fun. I, I don't want to get into the psyche of Joe Harris's head, and he would never say this, but I would I would put my hand to the Bible and say, I think when those guys left, Joe Harris had a much better time. And for whatever reason, Kyrie and KD stressed him well, out. Well, if, if I think that's that. the
1: if that's the case, because he's also a guy that has not been great in the postseason. Uh let's go back to 2019, the series against Philadelphia. He was completely taken out of that series. And he missed some big shots in the series against Milwaukee in 2021. And obviously last year, didn't play in the playoffs. He's got playoff demons. So if he was more relaxed because the superstars were gone, what is he going to do in this postseason again? Because my memories of Joe Harris, the postseason player, they're not good. Now, whether it's that series in 19 or it's what happened in 2021, he's got demons he needs to erase. And if they're going to win this series or win a few games, however you want to phrase it, And we mentioned they're going to have to shoot the lights out. One of the guys that's going to have to shoot the basketball well
0: is Joe Harris. Oh, absolutely. Him, Seth, Royce, all of them are going to have to make three-point shots. That's just in this DNA of this roster. That's how they're going to win games. They're going to win by switching on defense, hoping that Joel Embiid is limited at the free-throw line, controlling James Harden outside, hoping Tyrese Maxey doesn't go. Here's the problem, though. I'm saying all these things, and if you're a Net fan listening, you're like, yeah, Mike, you're right, you're right, you're right. The problem is, like, Doing all this is extremely difficult. Yeah. As much as I want to say, like James Harden has been trashed in the playoffs, I he said quietly a sneaky good year. And then I just can't imagine him not being focused. Like, how could you be James Harden, somebody that's accomplished so much in your life, and go, I'm gonna let the Nets beat me in the first round. That, as a competitor, that I I there's no chance. Like I don't like, think like, that blows my mind. I, I
1: don't think James Harden gives a rat's ass about the Nets, though. Like, true, yeah, this true, isn't true, the true. Nets that he pushed his way away from. You know, he's right. not facing Durant. He's not facing Irving. To me, and I bet you he'd admit this, because why not? He's just facing a random team in the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's how I true. think he'd view it. I, I don't think he'd say, oh, I'm going back to Brooklyn. And I, I love our fan base. I'm a Net fan. You're a Net fan. We're going to be in the building for game one in Philadelphia I don't even think when he comes back to Brooklyn, he's gonna get heckled the way he should. You know, I don't think we have that kind of home court advantage. I think he'll get booed, but I don't think it's what it could be. And maybe yeah. what it should be, which is every time he touches the basketball, you know, the boos are raining down from the top of Barkley center. I don't see that happening. And if it did happen, who knows? Maybe it could get into his guy into his head. But I don't I don't want I don't to expect it.
0: I don't want to direct the episode this way, but if I ever said saw James Harden and we had like dinner and we were like having cocktails and appetizers, I go, I get it. I don't blame you with the Kyrie stuff. Now, I'm not saying that was great, but I can understand and rationalize. Now you know Kyrie well and thinking I have to get out of here. Not saying, not saying I'm not gonna boo him, I'm not disappointed, but I could understand the rationalization from his mindset of saying. I got to get away from this guy.
1: Yeah, no, no. I I think now that this era has ended, you can look back at James Harden and maybe not hate him as much as a year ago, but I'm still going to hate him. Yes, you know, he's I get st- you. <laughs> He's still yes. an opponent. He's still right, of forced course. his way off the team. Like, yeah, yeah we could be rational another time. By the way, one other thing about Dinwiddie that I find so weird, and yeah. you're right about his success in Dallas shooting the three probably had so much to do with Luka. It's so weird to me because I watched Dinwiddie in Brooklyn as did you for the five years he was here a little bit in Washington, the brief time he was there and Spencer Dinwiddie was a bad three point shooter for the most part. Like he was not a good three point shooter to see him shoot 41% with the Dallas Mavericks always felt like a misprint. It Mm. always felt like it didn't make sense. Then he comes to Brooklyn and he shoots 29%. And it's like, all right, that's the guy I know. So I still don't even view, despite the numbers he put up in Dallas for the year plus he was there, I still don't view him as a great three point shooter because I've never seen it.
0: I've never seen no, that. No, he, I mean, he, he takes a lot of bad shots. That yes. he also takes a lot of shots that are bad. Now, I don't remember the 2019 Nets. I'm not good enough to tell you, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie when the clock was winding down. But I can tell you from this year, there's been a lot of Spencer Dinwiddie threes where, The offense didn't work five on the clock. I've got to chuck up a three-point shot. It doesn't go in. There's been a lot of that with Spencer in the new Nets era.
1: Yes. No, no doubt about it. You mentioned something earlier about Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, it seems when he makes his threes, Everything works. The Nets look great and they win. But more times than not, he has not shot the free well. And say so he feels like the biggest factor in this series, maybe more than anybody, that if
0: he's making his shots, okay, we got a shot. And I, I love what Mikel Bridges said to him because the Suns and Mavs played each other in that game seven or that playoff series with Dallas one. And Mikel said to him, he looked at him and said, keep shooting the ball. I know how good you are. You destroyed me. And I thought that was just brilliant advice and great leadership from Mikel. And I, I would hope for it, cl- you know, clicks and connects because you're right. When he's hitting threes, the next team wins. It feels like in my, you know, kind of biased memory, the threes he's hit in big spots, like beating Boston when they were down 28 second half, going back, beating the Celtics, going, beating Minnesota had a big corner three-point shot off a Dinwiddie penetration. Every time there's a Dorian three, this team's winning games. That, yes. That's, that's not a coincidence. It's not.
1: No, I agree. All right, when you look at this rotation, I think for a while one of my biggest critiques about Jacques Vaughn is he seemed to hate Edmund Sumner, like never would play him. And it was crazy how often he would just barely get minutes or not get any minutes. He really hasn't played a lot over the last few weeks of the season. Should we just assume Edmund Sumner is a non-factor in this playoff rotation?
0: I'm sorry, I have not say that again. My my Zoom just broke. No, down. no, it's I fine. Apologize.
1: Edmund Sumner, like, yes, it frustrated me how often he wouldn't get minutes or even play. Should yes. we assume as we try to figure out what this playoff rotation is going to look like that Edmund Sumner is just flat out
0: not playing? I don't think Edmund Sumner is getting minutes in the playoffs. I think I think he's out of the rotation. I think he's gone. I think Cam's gone. I would say, I don't think De'Ron Sharp's getting minutes. Oh, I disagree. Uh, I'll tell you I, why I he's getting he minutes.
1: Bro, they're going to have to throw so many bodies at Joe and mm. Embiid and give so many fouls in this series. Uh, and obviously, Claxton getting into foul trouble is a big issue. And I think they're going to go small a lot. I think we're going to see a lot of DFS at the five. We've already seen a bit of that. But I would bet De'Ron Sharp gets more minutes than Cam Thomas and Edmund Sumner
0: combined. I, That's my I, I, I would agree with that. I don't think Edmund gets minutes. I don't think Cam Thomas sees the court. Uh, I love Edmund. I love what he brought to this team. I think I think Jacques Vaughn hinted at what, what this team's going to look like in the playoffs when he shortens his rotations. So I think that's a, a lock. I what? think, and this is, let me, I'll say this. What we saw with the Nets at home versus the Timberwolves when Royce O'Neal played the five and Nick Claxton was off the court, and the Nets lost that game because right. they made some mistakes there. That to me is what Jacques Vaughn's gonna do. He's gonna play Royce at the five. I'm not even talking about Dorian at the five. Royce is gonna play the five. I think you'll see, you'll see you'll see Dayron De- at some point. Okay, I'm not saying you won't, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be like. 2%. It's Royce O'Neal's is going to get those minutes. They trust him at the center position. And because – and a shout-out here to um, Tim Capstra, who said this on, on, on a podcast, and it's a great point. The way the Sixers have orchestrated their offense, Joel Embiid doesn't even go in the post anymore. He plays at the elbow, and he makes a decision. Right. Do I pass the ball, or do I make my move? It's not like your traditional – Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaq Center. I don't think you're going to see De'Ron Sharp. I think you're going to see a lot of Royce O'Neal at the five. Mm. So it's going to be an eight-man rotation, you think? I think so. I think he's going to, which is crazy, because when KD and Kyrie were here, it was 75-man rotation. Can you play with the stars? I think they're going to go really tight. I think it's going to be like break glass, nets down 17 in the third, Cam Thomas, can you score? I could maybe see that. Right. But if this game's like, you know, between 10 and 10 on each side, he's never going to sniff the court. And it's going to be. Oh, I don't think.
1: I agree with you about Cam.
0: I don't think we're going to see any of Cam. I doubt
1: we'll see Edmund Sumner. I doubt we'll see Utah. I think we may see Dayron just to throw bodies at Embiid. I mean, because Joel Embiid's going to get us in a foul trouble. He gets to the line constantly, and those numbers start to add up. And if Nick Claxton's in foul trouble and Royce gets in a foul trouble, because guys are going to get in foul trouble. You're just going to have to throw more bodies at him. And I think De'Ron Sharp is a candidate for it. But look, that's the challenge. The challenge is there's a reason why Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate, if not flat out the MVP. And no one's stopping him. That's ridiculous. He's going to get his. He's going to average 30 a game in this series. That's just the reality. We just got to hope he doesn't average 40 a game in this series, really. And obviously the defensive presence that he provides as
0: well. Yeah, Joel Embiid's going to score, right? It's just if you think you're going to go into the series and go, yeah, Joel Embiid's going to get 20. He's going to go, you know, 8 for 24 for the field. No, not going to happen. But it's does Tobias Harris kill you? Right? Does Tyrese Maxey penetrate and kill you? Does James Harden elevate his game from very good to old school Rockets Harden? That's the key because you can't you can't stop Embiid and I and I would say you know to Nick to Claxton who is a great defensive player you can't even look at his performance and be like well Embiid scored thirty four and eleven he's not good on defense it's gonna be so much other stuff surrounding it that makes that difference it's gonna be this PJ Tucker go one for seven for three or three for six from three right that's the stuff that's you can't stop Embiid. But it's does he go pure, cons- you know, insane dominance, or does he help the other teammates around him? That to me is is everything. You're not you're not going to stop Embiid. It's impossible. No no, no,
1: no, no question. So what you're feeling right now? You think we're going to make this thing a series?
0: I think they're going to lose in six. I do. I I just I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're. I think Embiid's the best player. Harden's the second best player. But I think this Nets team is starting to get good at the right time. I think they're going to make more shots. I think they're going to win some games. And I'd be disappointed if they don't. I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe this is me talking and feeling less pressure on the organization because I know they can't win a title. But I, I really feel like they should win two games. This would be, by the way, winning
1: a championship. I really feel that way. Beating the 76ers if, God forbid, The Nets could pull off this upset. They're a massive underdog. I mean, just look at the betting odds. Look at the way this is talked about nationally. The Nets have no chance, and that's fine. If we could win this series, I know as a fan, it would feel, it would almost feel, I don't want to say feeling like a title. That's probably too far. Yeah, It would feel almost like our own mini championship, because I think that beating Philadelphia would also end them too. You know, I think there are yes. Celtic fans mm-hmm. that like to say, hey, we ended the Durant era. We swept them. It led to Durant asking for a trade. And even though they ran it back for a short period of time, the Celtics can at least take the solace and We ended them. I believe if, God forbid, we won this series, we end them. I think Harden's gone. Who knows what happens with Embiid. And we blow up the Philadelphia 76ers. And that would give me such freaking joy that I would make this trade we beat Philadelphia, then we get smoked by Boston, I get it. I would be okay then with Durant winning a championship with the Suns. Like, I would make that trade of we beat Philly and end them and the trade-off is we have to watch Durant
0: celebrate a title. Would you make that trade? You have so many things you said, Evan, I want to break down. Uh, (laughs) One, Durant winning wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't. It wouldn't? Uh, No. and uh, Two, the Embiid thing I have a weird feeling he'll be a Nick, so be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> no that would on, suck. Stop it. That would suck. Um, and yet beating the Sixers would feel good because this is the third point of all the shit the net fans have gone through in the last couple of years. It's been a lot. Um, there's been a lot of drama up and down. I think beating the Sixers would be not a title, not even close, but just you'd feel really happy, which is okay to feel nice, uh, which I would accept. But to the Durant stuff, I never accepted that he was a mercenary. Right. You and I have talked about this. right? But now that I've accepted the fact, I, I can't say I feel bad for Kevin Durant because he's one of the greatest players to ever play. But I've lost so much respect for him because, like, to me, and this is just me speaking – if my best friend left and he was like, I don't want to be here anymore and blindsided me, probably wasn't my best friend then. I'd be like, you know what, guys? we still got a solid roster here. Let's have some fun. The fact that he was like, I want to leave. I just have lost so much respect for Kevin Durant. I don't care if he wins a title.
1: Yeah, but all of that would lead towards you wouldn't want him to win a title.
0: I, like no I, I get everything. Is- I'm not rooting for him, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me because he cheated. He cheats like he can't take on massive. Yeah, but that's
1: fine. That's fine. But he didn't win with us. We didn't even get to a conference final. So I know to have him get to a finals with the Thunder win championships with the Warriors fail with us and then immediately jump to Phoenix where he's barely played. And then win a title, like I have to admit, that would that would piss me off. Like I
0: don't want to see that happen. Yeah, but I, I'm not rooting for. I'm not saying I'm like, oh, you know, Nets, you know, Suns versus Nuggets. I'm rooting for him to play well, but I just think it feeds into what he is—a guy that can't do it alone. He cheated again to get out of Brooklyn. He teams up in Phoenix. It just—I don't—I don't know. I—I I can't explain it, Evan. I'm just saying, him winning in Phoenix. Wouldn't bother me that much. No, it's just, it's I want. Pathetic. I
1: want since it failed with us. I want all three of these guys to lose. We already have Kyrie playing
0: golf. That was a massive. That was failure. great. Well, that 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 got a lot of enjoyment out of.
1: Yes, that there was a lot of joy in that. We send James Harden home, even though we won't. But hopefully, and then Durant gets knocked out. And I'm not saying we're winning anything, but it would be great to just see everybody lose. Yes, I um, I think we're gonna lose this series in four or five. And maybe that's just my own negativity, but I think a part of it is I haven't seen enough from this team. I mean, think about the 27, 28 games we've seen. Yeah. They've gone out and played, but they're under 500. Like it's not as, they held on to a playoff spot. Let's make this clear. This group didn't make the playoffs on their own. They held on to one. They were given a cushion by the previous net team. And they didn't completely blow it and they won some games they needed to, specifically the game in Miami a couple of weeks ago, no doubt about it. Like that was a, a huge win. And they won some games they needed to win to make sure they weren't in the playing tournament. I give them credit for that. Uh they took care of business against the Rockets. They beat up Atlanta, which was important. They but really that Miami game is the one that jumps out of me. I mean, going into Miami yeah. and then they ended up blowing them out. They snapped the five game losing streak after the Cleveland debacle. That was the game of the season. If you're looking for a specific win, I mean, I know the Minnesota game on the road, the Denver game on the road was great too, but probably the game in Miami is what really saved us. And they held on to a playoff spot and it win it. So I I guess my problem is I just haven't seen enough. You know, that, that stretch run where they won the five out of six that started with the Celtic comeback. It was great. I, I just... I don't know. It's tough to imagine them making this a real, real series against a team as good as Philadelphia. They're a really good team. That's the other thing. Like, I have respect for True. the opponent. So I just have a tough time believing it's more than a win. I hope I'm wrong. Trust me. I, yeah, I, I want to be in that building for a game six. I'd sign for being down three, two, game six in Brooklyn. I would, too. Like, I would
0: sign for that right now. Well, I'll say two things. So, I'll be pro Nets tonight cuz why not? It's been a couple of years. Sure. One, the Sixers have the as good as the Sixers are. Would you admit, Evan, that the Sixers have something that the Bucks and Celtics don't have? Yeah. 100%. They could implode in your face. Now, you would say the Sixer you would say the Bucks, Celtics, eh, the Bucks are going to win, this, like Celtics are win. The Sixers have the implode possibility. Correct? Okay, so yes and no, because in this
1: run, the process era, whatever you want to call it, this is going to be their sixth consecutive playoff appearance in the process era, the Joel Embiid era, which is the guy to define it, obviously. Mm-hmm. They haven't imploded in the first round. Outside of the bubble, which you kind of throw out, and they played sure. Boston that year. So they they ran into a pretty damn good opponent. Like, They didn't implode in 18. They didn't implode in 19. They didn't implode in 21 or 22 until the second round. Like, I get it. The Atlanta implosion in 2021, absolutely. It was the second round. Like, I haven't seen this team in the opening round in a series that they should win after winning 50-plus games, which they basically do every year. I haven't seen that implosion. And I could also argue that this may be the best Philly team they've had. I know that... All star Ben Simmons from twenty nineteen jumps out at you, but they won fifty four games this year. Like, let's acknowledge how good they are. So I just don't think that that implosion factor they have would occur this early against this opponent.
0: Well, I'll say this. i wouldn't I would disagree with you that this is the better sixer team because the net team that saw the Sixers had Jimmy Butler and a younger Tobias Harris. yeah, that's fair. and And I wouldn't Tobias Harris is not the same player. And Jimmy Butler, that toughness is gone. And as much as we all now, you know, we just used the B word for the first time, Ben Simmons. He was really good there in Philly. Now he's not there anymore. So it changes. I bring up a point because I just think this team has, the Sixers could go out and win a title. And I go, I get it. They got the best player in the NBA and they got James Harden out to prove something, but something about them is so weird that if you saw them lose, like, for example, if if the Hawks, again, were playing the Sixers and they somehow won, you go, okay, I understand because the Sixers have that. Um, and I'm not saying the Nets will win, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be stunned. And also to say this, the Nets team that you talked about, I can't believe I'm defending them so much. I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't, like, as much as you talk about they, you didn't see this, you didn't see that, there's so much of a wild card that I haven't seen what I think is an upside that we knew we saw five years ago. What do you mean? Like from like, this current roster, this current roster has not played as good as it can, and that to me is an upside. Yeah, I know, saw I... what I had, and, and I saw what, like, I saw what Jared Allen was. Then when he was off the bench, he was okay. J- you know, Karis Lavert came off the bench. D'Lo was an all-star. This Nets team is different. I yes. don't know what this Nets team is yet, and I think the unknown is in their favor.
1: Okay, so two things. Number one, the, the pushback I'd have comparing the 19 Sixers to this Sixers would be, I think, Embiid is a better player. So let's yes. start right there. True. He is at a much different level than he was. And yeah, having Jimmy Butler, which is incredible to think about now, I think the rest of this Sixer team now is better than the rest of that Sixer team. Like, if you're looking at kind of the ancillary pieces. So I think a, their best player is better today. And then B, if you go kind of spots five through eight in their rotation, I think this team is currently better, but whatever. I mean, right. it, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. I do agree- podcast. Like this would be a fun kind of topic.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder what they say. I don't know yeah. what the hell they say. I, right. I only say this as an opponent. I say this sure. as somebody that watches sure. them a hell of a lot less than they do. Clearly. I agree with you that we haven't seen the best of this roster. It's just tough to imagine that it. we're going to see the best of it in the postseason against the 76ers. Right. If there were 25 more games left in this regular season, maybe we would see it. It's, it's oddly so different, but yet similar to the questions we had with the net experiment a few years ago. Well, we haven't seen these guys play together. We've seen these guys play together for a good stretch of time. But I agree with you. We haven't seen the best of this roster yet. And they also need some tweaks, which we'll get into during the offseason to kind of take this roster to the next level. But, look, hopefully it's competitive. I I want to win. I agree with you. Me saying I hope it's competitive doesn't mean I'll be okay with losing in six. I want to win. You and I are going to be in the building on Saturday in Philadelphia. We're not going there to see a close game. We're going there to see a win. Do you feel like they have to win one of these two games? Yes. Or you, you do?
0: Yeah, you got to win in Philly. And that's and a big thing of me. I know a lot of people say um, a series doesn't start until the road team wins. I think that's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. You've got to win. you got to get to four. When you go out on the court, get a W, move on. Like the Nets last year, loss of the Celtics in game one. Did the series not start? I don't know about you, but I thought the series was over after that game you got to go into Philly and get a win because if you can push the pressure to Philly, the 1-1 in Brooklyn, you have changed everything in this yeah. series. And I I mean this. I think Brooklyn for game three, I think the Nets are going to have a really good home court this year. From everything I've seen in the regular season, um, I'm kind of sad I'm having this topic, but, but I mean it. I think the Nets home court is going to be really good in the playoffs. You go into Philly – you get a game, you push that pressure back. I I think there's there's so much pressure on Philly. Joel Embiid, as good as he is, he's done nothing in his career when it matters. Right? Okay. Uh, James Harden has been awful in the playoffs. This Sixers team has got to win games, and if the Nets get a win in Philly, it just it amps it up. It, it puts it, the- it's so it's so important. Yeah, so it puts important. the pressure.
1: I I agree with you. I don't think it matters necessarily if it's game 1 or 2. I think it's how you lose I agree, game 1. I agree. Agree. Cuz you hit on it. They that's blue game 1 last year against Boston. And I don't necessarily think that means the Nets would have won the series, but it would have changed the series completely. It would have changed everything about it. So whether it's game 1 or game 2, you're right, it doesn't matter. They got to find a way to get back to Brooklyn a week from now, Thursday night in Brooklyn and have this series tied up at one. Oh. And that's oh. That's what oh. you dream for. That's what you hope for. I'm taking my kids, both of them, a six-year-old and a two-year-old to game four because game mm-hmm. four is on a Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. So time-wise, kind of like game one is one oh, o'clock. It's, it's in Philadelphia. And I said this to my wife. I said, we're going to go to game four. We cannot walk in that building and have the possibility of getting swept. Like that yeah. is, I can't do that to my kids. I can't yeah. have them see the Nets get swept out of this series. So at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, they better go into that game week from Saturday with at least a win on the board so that I'm not subjugating them to that because you and I sat side by side last year in Brooklyn as the Nets got swept out by Boston. And that is not something children should have to
0: see. No, no, it is not. And I remember that well. I remember it should have. won. Uh, Yeah, that's tough. I, I am um, curious, though, yeah. if you
1: remember, I there are two playoff games I've 100% been with you to. That game, mm-hmm. game four against Boston, where they got swept. And then you and I, and my wife was there too, uh, Billy Jack alone, the yes. great Billy G. We were in Philadelphia for yeah. game two of the 19 series. That's right. Close game and beating uh, Jared yeah. Allen going at it. And then we got blown out in the second half. So is that it? Are we 0-2 at playoff games together?
0: Yes, we're 0-2. <laughs> and then
1: technically we're 0-3 because I had you guys over for a playoff game in 2021 that we lost to Boston the one game we lost to the Celtics that year
0: right which is the good point wow (laughs) should I sell my tickets
1: (laughs) no no we gotta we gotta break the bad juju man
0: yeah that's true that that's yeah that's right because that Celtic game three they won, and the Nets just controlled that series. That was a gentleman's five game sweep. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. Um, yeah, that's right. Now I'm getting like I'm not saying much because I'm going to my head. Like, should I go to this? No, thing? no. Come
1: on, we already got the tickets, man. Are you going to be dressed up in net gear? How are you handling this?
0: Um, good question. And I've had a lot of anxiety over this, not because I'm scared of Philly fans. I don't have a T-shirt that's Nets. I think it's gonna be warm. I think I need a net shirt. <laughs> I you I'm going, yeah, I have a
1: net now. I have a net sweatshirt I love, but you're right, it's probably warm. So I'll just go t-shirt. I'm not a Jersey guy, and clearly there's no jersey to wear these days. <laughs> right. Unless we go old school. Now, my other question before we go, if the Uh-oh. crowd, because I think they will, if they uh-huh. start chanting F Ben Simmons. Do we join in in solidarity <laughs> because we also can't stand Ben Simmons? No, 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 no. You will not join in on that. Okay, no. <laughs> Fair enough. I was only going to do good it question, as a joke though. to them, though. I was going to stand up with my net shirt and say, "I'm with you guys," and then I, I get but, a good laugh. And then but just I was go, thinking
0: about, I was thinking about this, Evan, because I like to. I'm not, not. I'll say that I'm not. You know, as me as a fan, I'm not like a dickhead net fan. Like. Oh, you suck this, this, but you know, if a Net- net's make a nice play, I get excited. Right. Is that a problem? Like I'm I'm a little spooked. Not we, I don't want it to uh and we went to Philly. We had nice seats where we were okay around people. Like if I I'm not I'm not an over the top guy. Don't worry about that. I'm not gonna be like, you know, you know, number one in the air for my thumb, my 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 middle finger. But uh, you know, let's make a big shot. I'm going to be happy.
1: Yeah. No. I, I. My. No. My experience is: cheer for your team, clap. Don't go overboard, and you're right. fine. And then if right. they somehow win, and that's the dream, we walk out quietly. We're happy. Right. Yes. But we don't ho- hoot and holler.
0: You know. Right. You, right, right. Right. You right.
1: just walk out quietly, and I, I think that number one, the Sixer fan, I've never had a bad experience with. The Eagle fan has a different reputation, even the Philly fan. Alcohol. Yeah. And and we've got to remember it's a Saturday at one o'clock. So, how drunk are people really going to (laughs) be?
0: Right. You got to really plan. If you're going to get drunk for that Sixer game, you you really got to make it like an F, like it's 10 o'clock. Let's go for it. It's yes. a little more difficult. Yeah. I yeah, get I you.
1: think it's gonna be a very family friendly crowd. So I I we really don't have anything to worry about. Just right. show respect. Don't say F Joel Embiid. You know, don't go right, overboard yeah. attacking them. And okay. And I think we'll be fine. Okay. But it'll be okay. a fun day. And you know, hopefully yes. we make this thing a series and we have a few more podcasts throughout this series, and then maybe we preview Nets Celtics. You know, that'd be a lot of fun. Or <laughs> Net Hawks, thing. you know, I don't know. Or Net Talks, yes, yeah, sign me up for that.
0: But it is playoff time. Nixon, how many, by the way? Uh, Cavs in seven.
1: Cavs in seven.
0: Yeah, can I rip the Nick fan for a second? Of course. Go ahead. So the Nick fan, like when they played a couple years ago versus the Hawks, they were like, "This is just the this is the evolution of a fan that doesn't know what they're talking about." They were like, "Oh, we're gonna kill the Hawks." Okay, you lost in five. Now because they've matured, we'll lose in six. The Cavs are a good team; they'll give a a couple games, but we'll win in six but the not the understanding of the Cavs are a good team and that's what happens um so it's a maturity level of of the Nick fan to understand yes you'll you know the Cavs will win a couple games but they can't beat us but it's the same crap it's the same crap over again so i'm looking forward to the Cavs taking it in 6 or 7
1: yes and the most likable team for us is the Cleveland Cavaliers between yes. Jared Allen Karis Laverde, and i love Donovan Mitchell i think you like him too as a bad yes. fan the Cleveland Cavaliers are, they're like our cousins. And I've got no issue with them. <laughs> and it's very easy to support well, them. Very I easy. Po-
0: I posed the question to you in text. And you answered with, uh, with one answer, which I agree with. Do you remember the question?
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for you to tell the audience. Go All ahead. Right. All <laughs> right,
0: sorry. Okay, the question was, Knicks versus Nets Eastern Conference Finals but the Knicks go to the finals or Nets and Knicks both lose in the first round. What do you take?
1: Oh, to me, it's easy. We both get bounced in the first round. I'm with you. I don't even think it's a
0: question. (laughs) I wish, I wish my answer was, you know, Nets have growth. They play well. We have a fun run, but I'd be
1: lying. lying. You know, it was such a great question because I thought about it with every other local rivalry and the teams I root for. And I only gave yes to one answer. Like, I would not sign for Mets-Yankees in the World Series with the Mets losing. I wouldn't sign for that. I wouldn't sign for Rangers-Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. Rangers win. The one I would sign for is Jets-Giants because I've never seen the Jets in the Super Bowl. So you've given me the Super Bowl, something I still don't think I'll ever see. As devastated as I'd be to lose to the Giants, and it would suck, don't get me wrong, I think I'd sign for that one because I've never seen the Jets in a Super Bowl. I've seen the Nets in an NBA Finals and an Eastern Conference Finals. I've seen the Mets in a World Series. I've seen the Islanders in numerous Conference Finals. So I think the Jet one I accept only
0: because you're at least giving me something I've never seen before. And also, I mean, Nets and Knicks in the same division, Islanders, Devils, Rangers in the same conference. I I have no idea if they're in the same division. You could tell me they are. Yes. Jets, Jets and giants, different conferences. Right. I mean, I, and the Yankee met thing is so deep rooted. I I know ALNL, but it's so deep. It's different. Like jets and giants makes that. That makes sense. Yeah. Completely.
1: Yeah. It's a a completely different animal, but it's a great question. I appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk. We'll talk more as this series rolls. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Have a good one.